He's the fastest man in South Africa and the athlete carrying the country's sprint hopes into next year's Tokyo Olympics as he looks to improve on his fifth place in Rio four years ago. But after running a season's best 9-9-1 in March this year pre-lockdown, just how quickly did he have to throw out his plans for 2020? Um, 2020 has been turbulent. Um, you know, um, for me, with the athletic side, um, it's, been, it's been one of those years where it's like I started off on a really high note when I ran my season opener in Pretoria and I ran 9-9-1. And that was the fastest I've ever started a season. So I was really geared up for the Olympics and I was motivated and think, okay, you know, this is the year, you know, I'm, 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 my, my, my year starting off well and we're ready to go. Then um, a couple of weeks later, we got into lockdown and we were in lockdown for like two months, no training for two months and literally two months for us means you have to start again, you have to start off from fresh, you know. And it was just like uneasiness and unsurety because we didn't know if we were able to go to Europe um, and go race and go continue training because that was the most important thing for me was to actually go back to training so that I can actually compete, complete a full season and not miss out on the season and start off on a minus two next year when I have to start off for the next season. But then I was just happy that I was able to go to Europe and compete and I did really well there. So I guess it was, it started off high, then, you know, the lockdown and then finished off high. So it was a good year. So, so I mean, I think people under, underestimate perhaps the, the, the mental strain that, that the complete change in plan and... Uh, and the lockdown and the lack of competition puts on athletes. I mean, I think there's the physical side, there's a the mental side. Let's start with how did you deal initially mentally with, with, with getting your head around the fact that the training you'd built up towards the Olympics with was now going to basically be tossed in the, in the rubbish bin? Yeah, like mentally it was tough because it was, like, it was like, I've done so much work, my head has been prepared for this moment. I knew at that time it was a couple of months to go to Olympics. Like everything I had planned for was happening. And now I had to accept that, okay, this is not happening. I have to change my mind, change my focus and say, okay, I have to start again from fresh. I have to make sure that I am okay. I am good and healthy because we had to worry about being healthy, you know, so the mind switched from let's run, let's run, let's run, let's train, let's train to train to just stay healthy, try, you know, respect the, the lockdown rules. And then you start getting this hunger of, I need to go back to training. I need to start doing something. I need to move because I can't just sit still, you know, um, and, and, and the mind just, it just played with me because it was a thing of, it's also, I think it, best way to say it, it was very challenging because it's like you said goals the goals can't be achieved not because of you now you have to change your mind and set new goals and then work on those new goals but for me it was more of like a short-term goal so i said okay you know what the olympics are not cancelled to just postpone to next year so still keep my goals for olympics but just adding these short-term goals for the rest of the year to keep going and i can get through it so I mean, you're you're an athlete. You're a sprinter. You're used to spending your time training and racing. 
What did you do during lockdown? I played a lot of games. Xbox games. Um, I'm, I'm playing um, Call of Duty a lot, and still play it now. But it was just gaming, 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 staying indoors, eating, you know, eating whatever you could eat. And I didn't watch much TV. I was just on the games actually. And uh, and the eating, did you have to keep an eye on that to make sure that you don't uh, get get badly out of shape? Um, I actually did, but um, the crazy thing with me is. You know, everybody in the off season they say they pick up weight. I don't pick up weight. I do the opposite. I lose a lot of weight and it's because like I don't eat. So I I I am too lazy to eat. So I'll just eat like a packet of chips and I'm like, okay, I'm fine. Go on with the day. Then get hungry. Then like eat like marshmallows. Then go on with the day. Then it's evening and I'm like, okay, snap. I didn't eat the whole day. I need to eat some proper food. And then I'll eat food. So it's 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 it, the diet in off season is really tough, so that for me was off season in a sense. And where did you lock down, Connie? And were you on your own? No, no, no. Um, I went to my mother's my mother's place with my family. And is that still in Kempton sorry, Park? Sorry. Yep, yep, yep. It's still in Kempton Park. I guess if you, you're from Kempton, um, you still got lots of family there. Yeah, um, most of my my immediate family. Um, we live around Kempton Park, so we're all around, like, probably 10 minute drive from each other, so we're not too far, so it, it helps, you know, when we want to see each other or just move around and stuff. Are you a tight family? Yeah, we're a very tight family, um, always seeing each other, always together, so yeah, we, 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 we tighten it. And the other special person in your life, I believe, is a netball player, is that right? Yeah, Joe Prince, uh, she's a netball player, she's currently playing TNL right now. Um, she's, 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 she's great, man. Um, just, it's just like long distance relationships are tough. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things, but we make it work. Is she down in Stellenbosch? Yeah, she's in Stellenbosch, but right now they are in Bloemfontein playing the, the Nepal League and they're in a bubble. So I couldn't even go up and see her and watch. So it's just one of those things. You just have to watch from home. So I'm always in- interested in the backstory. How does a, an athlete and a, or a sprinter end up with a netball player? How did you guys meet? <laughs> um, through people, you know, because um, of the sport, uh, you know, sport sporting world is very small. Um, everybody knows someone that knows someone that knows someone, you know. And um, when I was still studying at Tux and she was still studying at Stellenbosch, they used to come play in Pretoria and we would go watch. And um, I knew some of the netball players from Tux, and um, she also knew them, and we just met, met like that. And yeah, it just took us a while after meeting to actually start talking properly and, and, and get the relationship going. Now, uh, you mentioned Tux and being a student. Uh, information uh, science, yes. I believe, is, is that your qualification? Have you, have you qualified? Are you still studying? No, I'm qualified. I got my degree in 20. 18, if I'm not mistaken, I don't remember. 2018 or 2017, around that time. And what and yeah, what I, and what is the thinking behind that qualification? Is that something you'd like to to explore as a career post running? Um, I've always been into IT. Like since I was a kid, I always was like a tech dude. Like I'm still like my 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 tech head going. Um, so for me, it was more of like a 
think, okay, um, to, to, to look at, to look into when I, when I, when I retire, but also I kind of like with the athletics now, I've kind of seen like opportunities for take to get into athletics and which is a way like into athletics South Africa, you know, so I've, I've, I've seen ways that we can better the, 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 the ways things are run in athletics South Africa with technology. So that's something I'm looking into. So that's what I'm going to use. I'm trying to use my, my, my qualification. I mean, you're 27 now. Um, are you at the point where you, you've got one eye on uh, on what you might get up to post-running, or is it is still plenty of uh, gas in the tank from a sprinting point of view? Um, so for me, it's, 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 I keep saying I have like between 8 to 10 more years. You know, um, I want to do three more Olympics, three more pushing it. Well, three more, including next one. Yeah, so three more Olympics, and then call it, and then just retire after that. But um, there's still a lot more to, to go because for me, um, I know what was with running. Like most of the guys started off at an early age, so they they the body runs out earlier. And I started later on in life. Like I started when I was 19, 18, 19. And I only turned pro when I was 19, and so I still got a little bit more in the time. I mean, there are there are examples of, of guys, sprinters that have that have gone on to run at a late age. Uh, Kim Collins. I mean, Justin Gatlin. Do you look at those guys and think, well, you know, I can do that as well for the reasons you just mentioned? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, Gatlin is thirty six or thirty seven this year. Yeah. And pushing, you know, and Kim Collins went to forty, and he still managed to sub ten at forty. So it's like. They, they used to set boundaries on us and say, yeah, you guys can't compete until, and you can, can only compete until you're like 35. And that's where the body just dies out. But they've pushed the boundaries and they've shown us it's possible, you know. And I'm also going to try and push it as much as I can and try to push to a point where the body can't give anymore, you know. And, 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 and that's when I say, okay, you know what? I don't have the drive for it anymore. I don't have that heart for it anymore. And I can feel in my body that, it's tough to bring up Justin Gatlin's name and, and not reference uh, the doping controversy that surrounded his career, uh, Connie. Um, are you? Do you regard him as a friend or is he a competitor? And what's your what's your view on on his uh, in inverted commas doping history? Um, Justin Gatlin is a competitor, man. Um, for me, I have I have a lot of respect for him as a competitor. You know, um, when we race, we always we have respect for each other. We always tell each other, you know what, we're going for it, you know. And I know that when he shows up, he's ready to run, you know. And that's, that's something I respect from him, you know. He's, he's, he's a fighter, you know, he's, like, he's, a, he's a bulldog. Like, he, he runs till the end. And um, with his doping history, and that's just, it's unfortunate that that had to happen. And, and, and for me, um, like, as an athlete coming up, seeing that and knowing that it's part of his history, like, puts a cup a little bit of... It's uh, it's obviously unfortunate that, that that your sport has that sort of spectre hanging over it. Um, how do you deal with that? Because I mean, I think it's you know, if you, you know, if you look back at the history, if you go back to you know the Ben Johnsons uh, of this world, the first sort of major doping controversy and, and his 
his long-term rivalry with Carl Lewis and, and, and the various athletes that have come on and dominated. Yet those, you know, there's plenty of examples of doping, particularly in the 100 meters. Um, how do you deal with that as a, as, as a sprinter when, when, you know, I guess it's a bit like a cyclist. It's also, you know, cycling's also suffered from that, uh, the specter of doping. How do you deal with that and make sure that, uh, you know, you stay true to who you are? I just know that, you know, um, I always say that, um, 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 you know, with, with, with running, you know, you can only push your body to a certain limit and your body can only give you so much, you know. And that doesn't mean you you have to tap into other things to make you better, you know. Um, um, you, 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 you've been placed with a talent. It's just work with that talent and do what you can with that talent, you know. It's just unfortunate that in my sport, in the event that I am in, it's known for, for doping and, you know, a lot of people try to get away with it. But um, I'm hoping that the systems that have been put into place, you know, in, they are enforced, you know, and the people actually respect the rules, you know, because there's a lot of things that are going on that, that frustrate us as athletes, you know. We see athletes that are getting away with it and we always asking us, asking each other, like, why is this happening? Um, I don't know if, you know, the latest case now with Eve Nasser that she just got, her band just got lifted off and it's just like, okay, there's rules put into place, you know. You're not supposed to miss your tests. You're not supposed to do certain things. But you push the boundaries, you know. Why do you push the boundaries? What? What's the purpose of you pushing the boundaries? Just go out there, train. If they need you, put your times in, do what you need to do, do your tests and get on with it, you know. And it's 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 just, it's, it's, it, it makes it difficult for us, you know, as an athletic group in, in whole because... We're trying to grow the athletics brand. We're trying to grow athletics as a sport. And every time we try to do that, it gets hit by, by controversy. And then then the sponsors are going to be like, no, nah, we can't be associated with this because, you know, there's just too much doubt. But it's just tricky, man. It's just really tricky. But I really hope and pray that we can actually get to a point where that is not a thing, you know, and we are all running clean, we're all running fair, we're not trying to push the boundaries, we're respecting the rules, and we, we, we're doing the best we can to uplift our sport. Um, you've just come off a successful three or four races in Europe, uh, unbeaten there, Connie, in a, in a nice run. When you line up in those races, and, and when you line up at the Olympics next year, do you do you get down on the starting blocks, and are you absolutely sure that you're running against a, a clean field and the other seven guys next to you? I mean, do you have that confidence that, right, I think we've got to a point now where everyone's clean? Yeah, um, I think, you know, everybody, we, when we run, you know, we, I know the guys that normally run against, we get tested, like, frequently, you know, so it's, 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 it's really okay. But at the end of the day, I can only worry about what I've done in training, my race, what I do when me get into the line first, you know, what... A, B, C, D, and whoever does whatever they do, it's their own thing, you know. Um, I think that's the one of the benefits of, 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 of running, you know. You have your own lane and sprinting, you have your own lane, you worry about your own lane, and, you know, they still the saying of staying your own lane. It means a lot, you know, it means a lot. So it's like focus on what you can focus on, you know, deal with what you can deal with and just make sure you get to the line first. Now we, uh, we we talked about uh, you playing PlayStation and Call of Duty and, and, and FIFA and that earlier. Um, what else does uh, Akani Sambini like to get up to away from the running track? Um, I like chilling, I like spending time with my family, my loved ones. Um, I actually 
she just likes staying indoors a lot um, because when I start training, I'm always out. And um, just me being able to stay training, me being able to, 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 to I'm also like kind of big in investing. So I, 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 I look at new, like new ventures I can get into and stuff like that. So it's just, it's just like trying, keeping my interests, you know, the investing, the tech, and then just relaxing. We're going to see you invest in, the, in in some fintech then in the future, using your IT background and uh, and and the, the proceeds of your running. Uh, give us a sense of what what sort of investments you're making. Any any particular industries or sectors that that, that grab your eye? Um, especially tech, because I'm from a tech background. Um, also, sport. Um, for me, the sporting, I have to just give back to the sport as well and make sure that that is not forgotten. But my big one is tech um, always looking to tech because that's something I really know and I'm pretty passionate about now you mentioned you know obviously you know when you're not investing or looking or ch- at other things and chilling you know you're running and training give us a sense when sort of the heart of your season the heart of your training what does your training regime look like I mean how many hours a day are we talking how many hours a day on the track you know how many hours in the gym just give us a sort of broad view of what that looks like um, so on a normal day of training, I would wake up at around 7, 7, and then I have training at 8.30. And then um, I know I'll have physio at like 12, 12 or 1. So it depends on my physio. And then I can have lunch. And then at 4 o'clock, I'll have my second session of the day till 6. And then I'll be done for the day. And then the, sick, the following day is the same. So Monday to Saturday, I'll train like that, and Sunday at home. And is that just running, or where's the gym fit into that? Um, the gym is from four to six. So mm-hmm. I always start my session, my my days with the running because that's the most important part. So we run in the morning, and then do gym in the afternoon, and then the physio in. So let's look at that uh, personal best, Akani. Nine eight nine. I think you ran it four years ago. Are you building up now? And as we wrap up uh, this interview, are you building up to to hopefully try and better that as we look to the the Olympics next year? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, for me, it, it's 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 a time I've always I've been hovering around. You know, and it's been one of those frustrating things. I'm like nine eight nine, and I run nine nine one, and I'm just like, oh, come on, like. I'm like right there, um, but I know it's coming. You know, um, um, when I started training, you know, Coach used to tell me, you know, just notch it off a little bit, little by little, and it'll get get there. And just just make sure you do the work. You know, it'll come with the right race, the right conditions, and you'll get it. And I'm just happy with where we're at right now because I know for a fact that you know I will get it, and the way it looks, it's gonna come in Olympic year. Was supposed to be this year, so we have to postpone it to next year. And Akani, just to wrap up, uh, is it stating the obvious to say the ultimate goal is an Olympic medal and ideally something that looks a little golden? Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm, 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 it's always to get an Olympic medal. You know, I, I, I know that there hasn't been a South African ever to win an Olympic medal ever in the 100 meters. And um, for me, it's it's something that I want to achieve. You know, I want to stand on the podium and, and make South Africa proud and make my loved ones proud and all my all people that support me proud. You know, so it's 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 
you know, working towards doing the best I can and the best I can is standing on the podium and, and having that medal around my neck. Well, that'll do just fine, thanks very much. The South African sprinter on an Olympic podium. I'll take that and I'm pretty sure the country will. Akani Simbine, a man on a mission.